Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead Podcast Shorts. During November and December 2022, we're presenting a shorter form of our podcast. So let's get started. Welcome to the Two Acre Homestead Podcast. We're your host, Lisa. And Kevin. And on today's episode, we're talking about butchering day. Plus kids. Yep, plus kids. So we're answering the question, should you let your children participate in butchering day? But before we get on to our main topic... Let's find out what's been going on here on our homestead. So, Kevin, what have you been up to? There's never a dull moment, is there? So Never is. <laughs> something I've been thinking about since um, at least the summer, um, painting the house, started that. So uh, it's actually a great time to do that as long as you're within. I think we looked at the paint specs they were talking about between 40 and 90 degrees. So... Um, have to wait a little bit because you know lately we've been getting down to like 24 24 th- degrees or so is probably the yeah coldest. i think so um so this is a good time of year to do that having a mild um fall you know going into winter a uh, real good time for that and um starting to look real nice yeah so um and then we're going to get ready to make some major changes on the homestead Oh, please do tell. <laughs> do tell. We'll, we'll talk more in detail um, as those things come up. But um, some of what we're doing is we're going to be moving animals around. Part of it mm-hmm. is um, for convenience, easier to um, feed them, water them, and so on. But we're also planning on potentially adding more animals. So, for example, um, we have female goats, but... We want to be in control of when we're in milk. So Mm -hmm. we've been considering adding um, a male goat to the mix. And a weather. weather, Mm -hmm. Right. Because, you know, they're pack animals. And Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, so planning for that. um, And like I said, we'll share some some more details. I can't wait for the big move. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be exciting. That's going to be super exciting. And then we're we're also on watch, baby watch, because one of our does, oh man, Buttercup, um, our our one of our uh, goats, she is so pregnant. <laughs> I look at her and I'm like, oh, I man, I I you poor thing. <laughs> She is so big and so round and you know, she's got multiples in there and she's just big and round and she looks absolutely miserable and looks like she's ready to have those babies, those kids. So we're also on baby watch. So that's super exciting. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And the house color is looking, I'm absolutely loving it. So we've painted our house white with gray trim and absolutely loving the color. It's nice. It's clean. 
um, here where we live because the sun is so the sun is so strong. It's good at reflecting the rays and keeping the house cooler during the summer months. Even though this part of Arizona feels like summer is a little bit shorter than other parts of Arizona, it but. is, and it doesn't get as hot as some other cities. But mm-hmm. um, it'll be nice if we can uh, keep it cooler naturally, yeah. right? So exactly. that'll be good. And then what about the garden? You've been working a bit on that lately, too. Well, last week, you know, of course, everybody was here. So we had a house full and um, had a great time. Love family traditions, everything. It was just really nice. So um, now that everybody's left, my attention now has turned towards the um, the main garden. Um, and last year, this this past season the weeds won i lost the weeds won <laughs> i mean because we had so much we had so much rain from the monsoon the weeds just they literally it felt like they were growing overnight i mean i i know they were but i mean like it was just insane how well, quickly and, they and, grew. And weeds grow really well here, right? Sometimes better than some plants. Well, that's everywhere. But right. and they have their place, but it was just it was out of control. So I decided to put down weed tarp. So all of the pathways are getting tarped um with a weed barrier and then we'll put down a mixture of um gravel and um uh, what is that? Not tan bark, but um, wood wood chips. Wood chips, yeah. <laughs> wood chips that we can get for free. Um, so we're going to be putting that everywhere, and then we're also building new uh, garden beds, so garden boxes, um, and or raised beds, I guess. Sorry. So we're putting in new raised beds and um, expanding the garden, and I'm deciding that I'm mostly going with raised beds instead of in ground. The only ones that are in ground are my perennials. And I've been moving. That's the other thing that I've been doing in the main garden is I've been moving perennials around. So I have one section that's dedicated to just perennials. So my perennials are strawberries, um, asparagus, Artichokes are perennial here, um, blackberries, and then I'm preparing a bed for raspberries uh, that will be here, and then my echinacea as well. But um, this is the time of year because we've had several weeks now of 20, 20 degree weather at night. So this is the time of year to to move your perennials around. And so, because they're all going dormant, so that's what I've been doing. So I've been a little busy. Yeah. Not much time for kicking up the feet, right? No. No, not at all. What is it you say, eating bonbons? Yeah, sitting on the couch eating bonbons. That's just never going to happen. I don't think I like bonbons. Who eats bonbons? Well, I don't know the French, right? Because doesn't it mean good goods? No, bonbons are an actual candy. It's like a chocolate candy. I don't like bonbons. Anyway. (laughs) You've never had them. Anyway. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, so so let's get back on topic. Um, (laughs) But yeah, we were going to answer the question, should you involve your kids in butchering, right? Mm -hmm. Um, 
So let's talk about that. So butchering day, I'll start out by saying this. Butchering day is never a fun day. I don't look up, you know, I don't look to that day and say, oh, I just want to go out and kill some animals. No, that's terrible. Um, If you have that issue, you have problems, please seek mental health. Right. Although you call me the harbinger of death. I do, because you're the one who does all the dispatching. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I think the real question is, should you let your kids participate in butchering day? That's what we want to talk about. And I think you should. Um, it's important, I think, for the kids to see and be part of the full cycle of where their food comes from. Um, I think it's important for them to know how to process the animals. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's important for them to know where their food comes from. You don't want them, you know, thinking that, I don't know, that chicken comes from some big box store, big right? box store and, you know, ribs come from McDonald's. Right. <laughs> you know, you don't, you want them to really know where their food comes from. But at the same time, I also think it's important to let your kids participate to whatever extent they are comfortable participating in that day. I, you know, I don't think it's fair as parents for us to say, you're going to do this. And that's, that's the end of that, you know, like you're forcing them to participate if they're not comfortable. Okay. But you know, if they're raised around the culture of butchering animals, they should be okay. I mean, I'm not raising wussy boys. Oh my, you just did not say that. (laughs) Okay. Well, but for our kids, you know, they don't even blink when we're processing animals. So, um, to them, it's a different day. It's not strange to them. So, again, answering that question, I think it's important for the kids to be a part of butchering animals. Again, depending on their comfort. I'm, we have just boys. So, I'm thinking if we had girls, they might be a little bit more sensitive to to butcher day or, you know, as kids age, you know, our kids are at an age right now where they're going to participate no matter what, just because, you know, they're, they're pretty young. Right. Um, but as they get older, they might be just a little bit more sensitive or, you know, it's good that they're around the culture of it and they know what's, what's going on, but I don't think it's wise to force it on them as well. Um, But I think the earlier you can expose your children to butchering day so that like, like you said, so that they know where their food is coming from. I think the less shocking or it's not going to be as hard for them. Right. You're not going to put a knife in their hand at, you know, three, four. Right. But right. The or like like you said, the earlier that they're exposed to that and they're in the vicinity, they see it going on and so on. It's just going to be something that oh, this is what we do. This is part of what we do, right? Um, right. On the homestead, and you know they'll also be raised in a culture of producing food and then not uh, being dependent on food that's produced for you. Right, and that and that's really I think. I think that's really the most important thing is teaching them to be producers and not consumers, teaching them to have control of their own food rather than being controlled by food. 
because there's a difference. You know, when you're the one who's processing your own food, when you're the one who's growing your own food, you know, your children are sitting back and they're watching that and they're seeing, you know, what all is entailed in producing food. So they, your children, no matter what, are going to grow up with this deeper appreciation for food and food culture um, and for agriculture than, you know, a child who has zero exposure to that. Right. Like, like I'll give an example, you know, our children, they, <laughs> they're so cute. I love our, I love our boys. They're so cute. They, they do not even blink when they see a cow, you know, they, to them, just seeing a cow is like an everyday thing. And that's because both in, in our front yard, um, across the street from us in front of our house and behind our house, and then all the way around, um, even down the road from our house, there's cows everywhere. So they don't think twice to see a cow. We have goats on property. They don't think twice to see goats. But other kids, they come here or they come around this area. They go nuts to see, you know, a cow, a goat, you know, and all these animals. They just, they go, they go insane to see them. And our kids are just like, they just kind of look like, yeah, okay. This is, yeah, okay. This is our house. Yay. This is. (laughs) Yay, a cow. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Anyway, you know, so it's just based on, you know, that culture, what you expose them to continuously, they get used to it. They do. And you know, I thought you brought out a good point too. You mentioned that, well, you know, depending on what their comfort level is, you got to consider their age. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, our boys have been there when we've processed rabbits mm-hmm. and when we've processed chickens. Now, when we have the event we'll call it where we're you know processing you know dozens of chickens yeah that's going to take a little longer there's more equipment involved and so on so Mm -hmm. a little more involved rabbits are easier but um we've noticed when we've done this that they don't really flinch you know they're Mm -mm. just around it and um you know use your best judgment if it's something that's a bit more involved like what we did with chickens if you have family that are helping or can help kind of be there to watch, you know, make sure they're, you know, just be safe about things and so on. Of course you want to do all that, but um, we've noticed that, that, you know, they've gotten used to it. Yeah. Just like you said with, you know, there being cows around and, Mm -hmm. you know, just us having animals on the property and so on in general, they're just, they're just used to it. It's like, Oh, okay, this is what we do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They go to other people's houses and they're like, you don't have that. You don't, you don't have that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, some have, you know, you know, some kids grow up in society with little handheld video games or, you know, mm-hmm. now younger, even younger ones with cell phones and everything. And they're always on devices, but mm-hmm. we try to even limit screen time. Right. So right. Um, it's, it's good. And it's part of their development. So. Right. Exactly. Well, I think we answered that question. So I think as basically as parents, you know, if you have a homestead and you are processing animals on your homestead, do not shield your children from it. But as parents, it's our responsibility to know your child, know what they can handle, what they can't handle. Be responsible with your children on processing day. You know, don't give them the knife. 
you know, unless they're responsible, you know, know your children and parent them correctly on those days. And, you know, we don't want to inflict emotional damage on our children, but we definitely want to teach and instruct our children as to where their food comes from. And we're not, you know, child professionals in the sense of, you know, we're a doctor or a person who knows this whatever, whatever your child's going through, right? Every child's different too. So um, obviously you got to consider everything. Mm-hmm. Um, That's you know, why you have to parent your child, right. your children. You yep. have to make that judgment call. Okay. Well, that's it for us. So be sure to tune in next time. We're going to be talking about record keeping on the homestead. So yes, this is not the most glamorous topic the most glamorous thing or fun thing on a homestead but it is something that is absolutely necessary and that is keeping records of your gardens keeping records of your animals and a bunch of other things that we're going to enlighten you on that you may want to try to keep record of So from our family to yours, take care and happy homesteading. Bye. Bye.